welcome to another episode of the Diz Explorers Podcast, where each week we explore different avenues of the great Disney empire. So this week joining us, we have Milford. Hey, hello. And Melanie. Hey. And Jessica. Hi, everybody. And Miss Adrian. Hello. So on this episode, Milford is going to wrap up his trip report with a really special episode because he got the privilege, I guess you could say, of being able to dine at Club 33 in Disneyland, the exclusive, uh, expensive <laughs> club that they have there up above, uh, I'm going to say it wrong, up above New Orleans Square. Am I right? Yep. Okay. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to let just Milford take it away and tell us about that experience and how he was able to get in there and kind of what it's all about for us plain folk. <laughs> so we had the uh, opportunity, friend of ours that we do a lot of stuff with, I call them our uh, Diz peeps. They were able to get a reservation for eight of us to go to Club 33 on Saturday, March 18th while we were in California after our Hawaii stint. They got this because the person they know works at a winery in California, but this person also used to be a guide for Adventures by Disney. And because they do a lot of Adventures by Disney stuff, they knew this person really well. And they made the offer, hey, we could probably get you into Club 33 because the winery had a membership. So... Needless to say, the emails went out, and we got lucky enough to be, my wife and I being two of the people to join them on this uh, adventure, and I'd have to say it was quite an adventure. <laughs> uh, besides the fact that we got to go to Club 33, that day was also the 50th anniversary of Pirates of the Caribbean ride, so there was a lot of things going on at Disneyland that day. Um, and I've talked about some of that in my previous uh, trip report about Disneyland. So going into Club 33, uh, we arrived about 11.15 for our 11.30 lunch experience, rang the doorbell. So Club 33 has this blue door that you walk up to in this little kind of dark, quiet area in New Orleans Square. That day it was anything but quiet. <laughs> you walk up, ring the doorbell, tell them who you are, and five or six minutes later, uh, Maitre D comes out, and I'm, I hope they're called Maitre D's. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe not. Comes out and gets you and takes you into the greeting area. So the first floor is just this little room uh, that has the guys that greet you and then eventually take you upstairs. Once you walk in, there's a cabinet on one side of the room that has all the merchandise you can buy. That's club 33. We'll get into that in a little bit. Cause there's actually two of those cabinets, one down there and one upstairs. But as you walk in, they usually have it all decorated up for something. Well, this one, this day it happened to be, they had the entire place decorated up for, the 50th of the Pirates of the Caribbean. And I'll have all these pictures up on my uh, blog site and on my Facebook page here soon. But 
the first floor had a lot of just, you know, piratey things, skeletons, barrels with gold and chains and all kinds of things and treasure chests with stuff hanging out of it. Uh, there was a pirate flag. And Jessica, I think you called this little place something else. It was it's like a it's a garden area. Yeah. And there's it a used set of be... blue steps that goes up. Yeah, when it was open to the public, it was called the Court of Angels. And I don't know if they still call it that now that it's closed off, but that's that's how I knew it, the Court of Angels. Okay. So we waited around there, drank some water for a little bit, and eventually the uh, our, I'm going to call him a maitre d' at this point because I've already screwed that up if I screwed it up, <laughs> takes us and you go up this stairway that has brass rails on both sides of it. And takes you upstairs to the dining room. As you're going up to the dining room, there's more stuff. Pirate flags. There's some pirate rugs hanging on these balconies as you walk up. And as you get up into the waiting area, I call it kind of the check-in desk up there. They have more pirate stuff. You walk down a hallway and they've got... They actually had the old costume from the redhead animatronic so apparently in this rehab they redid the auctioneer in there but they also redid her dress and they have oh. the old dress in club 33 on display nice. that's so cool and i've got cool. awesome. pictures of that so yes please um so that's the walkway in between the stairs and when you get into the actual waiting area. In the waiting area, they also have the grandfather clock with the buzzard sitting on top of it. And I don't know if any of you have ever heard about the buzzard, but the buzzard used to talk to people. It used to squawk at people. Um, we didn't think it was working, but when we were on our way out, we kind of got close to the clock and was kind of investigating, and the thing started squawking at us. <laughs> So that, that must have been like the old, uh, I guess, their version of the Barker Bird that used to be in W in Walt Disney World. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, but... when you walked into the ride before you walked underneath in Walt Disney World before you walked under all those where they zigzag you in. Oh yeah, yeah, there, I know what you're talking about. There used to be about. a parrot that was out there, yep. and he was kind of like the Mr. Potato Head guy was for Toy Story Mid Midway Mania. It was just kind of yep. the Barker Bird. It's like, hey, this is the Pirates of the Caribbean. Come here, <laughs> come there. You know, he would just randomly, you know, say stuff. For, right. For right. a long time. Well, this one didn't say anything at all when we walked in there, but when we were walking out and got nosy looking behind the clock to see if it was wired to anything. Um, <laughs> It, it started squawking. It didn't actually say anything, but and we weren't really sure that's what was squawking, but one of my group members thought that it was. So as you walk by that, you can look down this double doorway, and I'll talk about it a little later, but it basically leads to the, to the wine room where they have all their wine cabinets. Uh, and then on both sides of that, there's four booths or two booths on each side that are kind of little private dining areas. And that actually leads to the lounge. So Club 33 actually has a lounge that the members can go up there anytime they want to. They don't have to have a reservation. It's got a full bar. I mean, <laughs> the bar was beautiful. I have pictures of that as well. 
And as you can imagine, they have beautiful chandeliers and all kinds of other stuff up there. We were then led into the dining room. And getting to the dining room, you walk down another hallway. And they had more uh, memorabilia from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, and one of them is a parrot standing on top of a chest of uh, treasure. So that led us. We actually got to our table and was greeted by our waiter. And he handed us these awesome menus that we actually got to keep. Oh, cool. Um, on the front, on the on the non-menu side, it's got the... Uh, it has a picture of... And it looks like it's from the 60s of the auctioneer room part of Pirates of the Caribbean and you can see a boat going through it that's obviously from the 60s because these people aren't dressed in anything we'd wear today <laughs> but on it it's got an emblem it says 50th celebration celebrating a golden treasure Walt Disney's Pirate of the Caribbean at 50 and then in below that it's got the Club 33 logo established 1967 that nice. was the one thing I didn't realize was that Club 33 has only been around since 1967 it wasn't there when the park actually opened in the 50s. Well, I so. didn't even realize it was that old. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So on the other side, they have another cool little emblem at the top, Pirates of the Caribbean, 1967 to 2017, 50th anniversary. I guess if you thought about something else, it was probably really Club 33's 50th anniversary, and they just weren't publicizing that. Because if they started in 1967, maybe their anniversary is not till later this year. I don't know. Right. Anyway, I just I just realized that when I was reading the established thing on the front. Um, so our menu in the Le Grand Salon was a lunch menu. Uh, it was a four-course menu. The price for adults was $90. And with that, you got four courses. You got an appetizer, soup and salad, entree. And then, of course, dessert. And you could do a wine pairing with that for $49. Each one of the courses had a variation of different things that they had. The appetizers for this particular seating was a, a wild blue crab cake or warm marinated forest mushrooms or sautéed escargot or lobster Rockefeller. The soups and salads was either the signature Lafayette garden salad or the club 33 five onion soup. And I will tell you, I would go back there just for the French onion or for the five onion soup. I've never had soup served like this. So the soup was served, the bowl comes out and it has the onions in the bowl with the crouton and the cheese. And they actually pour the onion soup into the bowl out of like a little gravy boat. Which, that was the first time I've ever had what I would call French onion soup served that way. But it was delicious. That's fancy. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, entrees were a New York steak salad or sautéed blue shrimp, artichoke scallopini, chicken schnitzel, hearty braised beef rib, seared fish of the day, I forget what the fish was that day. I didn't get the fish. Filet mignon or mountain lamb pasta. I will tell you, I originally ordered the mountain lamb pasta. Was not a fan. 
and the waiter could tell, and he come <laughs> out and says, can I get you something else? Because it's obviously you don't like this. <laughs> so he took it back, and he says, is there a reason you don't like it? Because the chef will want to know. And I'm like, oh, tell the chef it's nothing. It's just my taste. It's not just not tripping my trigger. And they brought me back the, I actually ended up with the braised beef rib, which was awesome. And then for dessert, they had a manjari cake bar, which is caramel with caramel, raspberry, kulis, and fresh gooseberries. Lemon, I'm going to butcher these. Lemon <laughs> semifreddo with, with citrus soup, passion fruit, tangelo, sorbet, warm winter apple galette with uh, candied walnut gelato, and then fine, and then you could get finely selected cheese, honey raisin, honey hazelnut roasted pears, and thyme madeleine. It was a very good experience, uh, though it took a lot, you know, my wife made the comment because she was only there with me for two days and we were trying to get her through a lot of rides. It took a large chunk of time out of our day. So we got seated at 1130 and we didn't leave Club 33 until almost 4 o'clock. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so almost four hours. I mean, not all of that was eating. Some of that was looking around the place because we were allowed while we were there to look around in the place. So we went out on the balcony after dinner and looked out over Norland Square, and I've got some pictures of that as well, which is kind of cool because that's a, a view you don't get in Disneyland if you don't get the opportunity to go up there to eat. So where is the balcony? Is it the one that's the Dream Suite balcony? I'm trying to picture in my head where it is. Well, I'm not knowing where the Dream Suite balcony is. This one looks out. So as you come into... I'm going to get this wrong. As you're walking down the promenade there where they do Fantasmic. Uh-huh. And you make that left turn into New Orleans Square. Yeah. To go around the treehouse. Uh-huh. Where I'm at. So that balcony is right up there. Okay. You walk down a little further to where there's like a... It looks like there's building space over. You walk kind of like through a tunnel, but it's mm -hmm. really building. Yeah. That's where the Club 30... That's where the new Club 33 door is. Yeah. You don't go in through the old entrance. You go in through this door because that's where that little garden is. Right. Is there anything behind the old door now, or is it just for decoration? You know, I don't know, and I didn't think to ask. Um, yeah. That would have been an interesting tidbit to know. Yeah, that's I don't, interesting. I, in walking through all that space, I didn't see a way to get there, so yeah, I don't it's probably know all if they rerouted everything or, or what. But huh. So when we got done taking pictures out there, and we uh, went back to the greeting area where they where the check-in desk is because, you know, all members of our group wanted to buy Club 33 memorabilia. Mickey and Minnie were out there in pirate costumes. Oh, man. Which was really cool. And That's we got, amazing. We got a group picture with them. I've got a picture of my wife, Minnie, and other members of our group with both of them. So that was pretty cool. And I took some other pictures while we were up there. There's a... There's an old harpsichord up there that's just beautiful. Um, that's awesome. And then while we were waiting on them to gather all of our gifts, I got it. So 
what 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 I wanted was I wanted Mickey ears with the Club 33 logo and I wanted a baseball cap with the Club 33 logo. That cost me like 70 bucks. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my goodness. Other members, other members of my group, I didn't think we were ever going to get out of there because they spent a bunch of money. I mean, they got <laughs> pins and the the little mock-up model of the door shirts i thought about buying a polo shirt and i thought you know i'll never wear it so (laughs) i don't like having shirts that i don't wear yep um (laughs) but mickey ears i have the mickey ears and i will post a picture (laughs) of them they're way cool are you wearing them i am not wearing them right now oh come on are you wearing them in the picture (laughs) uh no Oh, man. Well, they they wrap them and put them in a nice bag. I mean, I have this really <laughs> nice gift bag that has Club 33 on the front of it. That's a keeper. Which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. And then we got both the menus, obviously. So That's awesome. So while we were waiting on all our stuff, we decided to take a stroll down that hallway and, you know, look at the wine storage and, and look at these little cubbies where they have that you can private dine that you don't have to make a reservation because it's part of the lounge. Um, and I thought I took a picture of one of those, but apparently I didn't. Oh, yeah, I did. So in one of each of those little cubbies, there's like two bookshelves with knickknacks on them. And then there's a, uh, I'm going to call it a stained glass mirror with a ship in the ocean on it. Uh, it's just really cool. And it's nice and a little quaint space that you can just sit and uh, really not be bothered. But I got a picture of the bar, and I mean the bar, the the actual lounge, the bar is huge. I mean it looks like it could accommodate a couple hundred, if not three hundred people. Wow! So, really? and and if you're a member, you can go up there to the lounge anytime you want to, as long as it's not completely packed. Right. That's awesome. Uh, they've got a piano at one end of it with a little stage, and they have TVs, and the guys were watching some sports up there or something that day. I don't know. Do they but, have live music at any time? Like, do they do any Yeah, that's what I would figure. They've got a stage with a piano, so I'm assuming they have live entertainment from time to time. I don't know. Huh. You would think, uh, you know, I've just, I've never been in there. I've, I've never even really seen pictures of the place, but just, is it like, I'm just trying to get like a picture, like a general picture if it's not all decked out for pirate stuff. Is it like super like high-end etiquette thing like i'm thinking the grand floridian like is it like super refined looking that or oh no this more... doesn't look super refined at all no okay. no i mean it's got a i mean it looks like a bar out of i don't know i would i would call it you know some type kind of mid-century you know it looks like a bar that right any bar would have had back in the 50s or 60s gotcha but i mean like the so, overall vibe of the whole restaurant it's just Somewhat casual. Yeah, I mean the over, not... the over the overall vibe of the restaurant was for lunch it was casual. Okay. For the people in the lounge area and the bar, it was very casual. I saw people in there in shorts and okay. uh, polo shirts. Oh. I think they I think they maintain a bit of attire that you can't just come in there with t shirts and torn shorts. I mean, right. You have to you have to maintain a little bit of dress code. I will tell you, I wore jeans to lunch. I uh, was going to wear my kilt just to kind of surprise all my friends, <laughs> but I'd already worn it on Friday, and it was like, 
It was a little warm in the kilt because it was black. Yeah. So I didn't opt for that. I wore jeans and a polo shirt. Okay. So. Is and it, I was comfortable. Is it fancier for dinner? For dinner, yes. They do require a coat. Oh, well, really? Jacket? Yeah. Not necessarily a tie, but you do have to wear a coat. Right, and right. A collar, and a collared shirt. Okay. So you could get away with slacks, a polo, and a jacket for dinner. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Okay. After we got done with all that, we kind of went around and bummed around with some of the 50th stuff. And Jessica, I know you had a little, little more information about what was going on with that. But they had some... So they had a commemorative pin that day that you could get for the 50th of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, they were doing churros that were called golden churros and they were lemon flavored I, I believe it was a lemon like filling they put in them yeah um, yeah, yeah. Really? Ooh, oh man i had it you had one, one of the kids had and it was <laughs> it was oh. pretty tasty i didn't get a whole one because i think i would have gotten sick that was pretty cool and it, do you remember what else they had jessica i yeah, I wrote down a list of what I could find because I didn't get to go that weekend. But I think that all of the, the menu items at um, the New Orleans Square restaurants and the Harbor Galley, which is technically in Gritter Country, they all changed names so that all their food items, they were the same, but they all had pirate names or they had little pirate flags like stuck in the sandwiches and stuff. And then they also had, on top of pins, they had these special cards people were collecting and I'm not sure if they were free or if people had to pay for them but each card had a pirate saying on the back and in the front said like 50th anniversary and then the other thing I saw was that the bootstrappers which is the pirate band in New Orleans Square they usually play like a couple times a day but they were pretty much out in full force all weekend <laughs> oh yeah and I've got I've got seems like a party guys. they're awesome they're so yeah, cool they were pretty good and matter of fact at least three of the times we saw them on Friday and Saturday, they actually had Jack Sparrow with them. Nice. Really? I've never cool. seen him with them before. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He was having a ball too. You know, that was one thing I noticed about this trip. The character, at least the face, the non-furry characters pretty much have run of the place. They don't have a, they don't have a cast member as a guide. They don't have like a character coach like they do at Disney World. They don't have a photo pass guy with them. I mean, they pretty much just roam the park and do whatever they want to. We ran into the Mad Hatter a couple times. We ran into Alice a couple times. And they're just kind of out strolling in the park. That's awesome. The princesses usually have kind of like a minder, but... Peter Pan will straight up just run around. He's on his own. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing with Jack Sparrow. I mean, he was all over that place Friday and Saturday. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, which he should be. It's a 50th celebration. But yeah. Yeah. I think it would have been cool if they had a few more people dressed up as characters. Yeah. So that's pretty much it for Club 33. On other news related to Club 33, we've all heard uh, the discussion that they're talking about opening Club 33 at Disney World, and it sounds like one at each park. I, at least that's what it sounds like to me. I, I, I'm a little confused in the fact that they say that opening this fall, because that means they've been working on the spaces already if it's opening this fall. And I don't know, what do you guys think? I think the structures at least have to 
absolutely be in place. So whether they're renovating existing spaces, I think there's enough construction going on in Hollywood studios and in Animal Kingdom that we would never notice it anyway. No. I don't know that they would build anything new anyway specifically for it because Hmm. the... Uh, like I said, I've never been to Disneyland. I've never been up there, but I mean, everybody knows where it is, but it doesn't. And correct me if I'm wrong, Jessica and Milford, the entrance to it doesn't scream like Club 33. Like, there's no giant sign pointing to it. There's not big placards all over the door. Right? No, unless you know what you're looking for. I mean, you'd exactly. walk right by it and not realize it's there. And, right. And, and correct me if I'm wrong again, but I believe the members that are there kind of like it that way. They don't. Yeah, want, they don't want it to be. It's supposed to be a private club, so it's not supposed to be like people peering in the windows or oh my god, who's going in, who's going out. So I would like to think the same discretion would be used at wherever they put these in the parks, and if they are truly doing one in all four parks, I honestly don't. I'm not going to get fired up about it. It's not anything I'm ever going to get to go to unless somebody I know happens to be a member and I get invited in as a guest. It's certainly not something I'm ever going to pay towards uh, initiation or if they work it the same way as they do the Disneyland one. So my only concern is that if they're dumping money into doing it and bringing it here, the money that they gain from this stuff, I hope goes back into the parks and maybe helps keep ticket prices down from jumping up the ridiculous amounts that they jump up every year, especially within the past 10 years. So if it's being used to if what they're going to gain by this, especially having multiple ones, specifically in Disney World, I hope the revenue is used not just to A, pay off construction debt or to acquire other properties, but to kind of put back into what's already there to the stuff that so badly needs to be refurbished and and freshened up because uh, sad to say on the trip I just returned from there is a lot of stuff that needs a lot of help and it was I was kind of shocked in the amount of stuff I saw that just seems to just be getting neglected and I don't you know if know if it's it's staff cuts or what the deal was but it just was kind of kind of disturbing in a way for what you pay to go to get in there i mean you know it's not gonna stop me from going but when, when you're dragging a family of five down there and, and paying what you're paying you you kind of expect to, to see everything you know all the all the i's dotted and the t's crossed the the clubs obviously aren't you know marketed towards our families i mean they're, no, they're no, marketed for corporations that. for uber rich whether or not the money will filter back or not, I'm not sure. I've been playing around on Google Maps just to try to, you know, speculate where the the building space is. Because they're building them as lounges. Right. Not as a full Club 33 restaurant. So kitchen space would be a minor concern. I know the lounges do have a heavy hors d'oeuvres or a light lunch style menu. Right. So there would have to be access to food bar is easy enough in most spaces. I'm kind of fiddling around with the animal kingdom but they could set right it, now. They could they, set it up that they could have food brought from other restaurants absolutely. too. As long as it's, you know, a limited right. menu. I don't see that being a problem. Pandora Land yep. obviously has 
sparkly new spaces where they could put a discreet door that's discreet but not completely hidden. Because that's some of the lore. You kind of want people to, people in the know kind of want to know what's there. Right. And that, that's the same with Club 33. You want to be one of those people who knows where the door is, even if you're never going to get through it. Right. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> I still like knowing where the door is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the looks that people gave me when I, you know, made my son pose in front of it and I took a <laughs> selfie in front of the door. People were like, what are you doing taking a picture in front of that door? I'm like, if you don't know, I'm not explaining it to you. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just looking around, you know, where the spaces are. I think the speculation for Magic Kingdom is renovating, you know, one of those storage areas atop okay. one of the main street buildings I, I'm not sure where else in Magic Kingdom you could squeeze it I'm all for demoing the Speedway and just making that a big old exclusive Cabana <laughs> Club Park no that's going to be the Tron ride Yeah. Oh, that, please tell me they're going to at least not use diesel smelling cars because that area stinks well, I, I, first of all I don't know and we can talk about this on another episode uh, yeah absolutely I don't know how they get away get rid of Disneyland Disney World Speedway when in, Indy Motor Speedway is still sponsoring it I mean mm, I when, I when that contract how, expires I don't know how he, they just renewed it last year from what I understand oh, huh. so yeah who I, knows they talked them into paying for the Tron ride I you know I can't see the correlation there no <laughs> And apparently there are lots that, of corporate lounges like asking, in Epcot. That's, that's like what I was just Nestle about to, to say. Pay for, yeah. Like asking Nestle to pay for the uh, Coke Cool Zone. Right. <laughs> so mm. in a park like Epcot or Magic Kingdom, I can think of a couple places where I could see one going. But for like Hollywood Studios or Animal Kingdom, where would they put it? Hollywood Studios. Well, there is the lounge above the Brown Derby. Damn it, Melanie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old catwalk Sorry. bar. Yeah, the old the old catwalk. Oh, there's a lounge the up there. I don't even know the name. It yeah, used, there's a lounge up there. It was there. called the Catwalk Bar, yeah. And it's 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 still intact as it was. They just have to you could sneak up there if you know where to go. <laughs> hey. Same with the Living Seas Pavilion Lounge. Well, all those are still in place. They're still They're still there. They're all still there. They just but I they think, use the one at Living Seas, don't they? You can rent They do, mostly for Yeah, you can rent you it. You can rent for, most of them. Oh, okay. There's yeah, a, most of the spaces are for like weddings, corporate receptions, things like right. that. Band parties. <laughs> I was thinking, it, I was thinking at Epcot, it would be that that building across the way that never gets used for anything except for beer. Oh, the Odyssey. Yeah, but that's too much out in plain sight. I was involved in a yeah. conversation it's, about that too. It's it, it really is. It's out in plain sight. I mean, you can't see into it, but it's still you would see who's walking in and who's walking out. There's bathrooms right there. The baby care center is on the other side. Yeah, that's so. While it's that, not an exclusive looking space. No, not at all. It would probably it would definitely be if they put it in Epcot somewhere in one of the pavilion old corporate lounges because. None of them are really corporate sponsored anymore. You know, like it's the Living Seas is probably the most popular one because it's probably the only one that's somewhat been. It's not really outdated because it just kind of mimics the Coral Reef restaurant for the most part. Right. GM GM still pays for theirs. They still pay for theirs, yeah. You know, and there is one uh, behind Spaceship Earth that overlooks like the fountain, those windows mm-hmm. that you see up there that used. I don't know if Siemens. Has anything to do with that now? I think they still have a lounge up there. Do they? Okay. 
They must, yeah, because they still get I that laser show. that has access to it. Okay, alright. So, I mean, there is possibilities. The only place it seems that it would seem out of place, just because of what it is, would be Animal Kingdom. It just doesn't make sense in that park. But maybe if they incorporate it into the Pandora area, since that's the newest area, I don't know. Anywhere else in the park, it doesn't make any sense to me to put it anywhere else. It or just... in the lodge, do you think they'd put it in the Animal Kingdom lodge? Uh, poss- possibly. I don't know. The other thing I heard was it was the ones in, in Walt Disney World were going to be supposed to be themed to stories of where Walt and Lillian had traveled because they were avid travelers. So maybe each one mm. was going to be different. So if that's the case, then it kind of does fit in the theme of... You can make it fit in the theme of Animal Kingdom because I, I don't know if they ever went to any... I know they went down to South America quite a bit and, and some of tropical islands. Well, didn't they, didn't they go to Africa, too? I was just going to ask. I think they did, but I don't know for sure. Because didn't he go to Africa to research some of the movie the uh, movies that they did? Possibly. The animal movies, you know, the documentary animal movies that they did back in the 50s and I know they had 60s. a big South American trip. They did a big yeah. South American trip, yes. Africa, For I'm not positive. Amigos and the Three Caballeros. Right, yeah, exactly. I, Africa, I honestly don't know, and, you know, but I don't know. You know, when I first heard it, I was all fired up about it. I was like, ah, what the hell do we need that for? Why, why, why? Why the exclusivity? Why the elitist stuff? But all in all, it, it's money. Not, it's no, I get it. It is. It's money. But like I said, if the money goes back into stuff that needs to be done instead of just fattening corporate pockets then I'll be fine. But if it's just the money... And I think it's a clientele issue. If it brings in... And it's not just the money. If it brings in that type of clients, if... Right. The the people with that kind of money are coming into the park, they're not coming alone. No. They're going to be bringing, you know, their families, extended families, even if they're not all going into the Club 33 space or whatever they're going to call it. They're going to be bringing more people. And it's going to make Disney World more attractive to a higher income bracket where right now I think they are trying to get rid of the this is for everyday people I think they are moving to some more exclusive experiences yeah I mean and the parks are packed the parks are packed this obviously is not effect you know price increases are not affecting attendance no and and just you know I'll, I'll throw it out there I would love to see one of these clubs on the Disney cruise ships. They're building two new ones. Bring it on. You never know. You know, <laughs> I will still need to have a friend of a friend get <laughs> right. me in, but... Hey, I'm going to hit the lottery. <laughs> exactly. I so, tell you what, but... I, I think that's next. I think, you know, having an exclusive experience, you know, uh, you know, that lines up with the concierge experience on the Disney cruise ships, it, it wouldn't be an out of the... You know, out of the realm of possibility, but no, and that would be a very. You know, I think with the price increases, this is just to be expected. Right. They want to bring in these high-end clients and guests who are going to spend the spend money. Spend the money. You know, yeah. The Four Seasons guests, the yep. Grand Floridian guests, the Victorian Alberts guests. These are the people that they want in the parks, and yeah. I see it. I get it. You know, they don't want people who are going to wear their pajamas in the parks all day. No. Or bringing in coolers of, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and waters. They and don't want that. They don't want that. They don't want that. Because you're not they spending money. Who, exactly. They don't want the bargain vacationers in the parks anymore. And I think the price increases have 
and all of the perks as far as staying at the on-site resorts are lending to that experience. Right. And they're getting there. I mean, but like oh, I said, yeah. the parks are still packed. It's and the Fast sure Pass Plus system has led to that, you know, to that shift in, from the busy season to the non-busy season, having more guests there. But I think this Club 33 experience will get some of the higher-end guests back into the parks. Yeah, no, I definitely, I agree. I agree with that. I'm all for it. If they can afford it, good on you. Just spend some money. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, going back to the time frame, which Milford had said when we started this conversation, it, as far as them saying it's going to open in the fall, I think, right. I think that is it, it, two things. Either this has been in the works for a while, which I'm sure it has been, but I think maybe, it must have been. I think maybe they're finally figuring out either A, who leaks a lot of this stuff, and B, how far <laughs> down the chain they tell people. So maybe it starts at imagine you know, starts at, at the top where whoever says this is what we're putting in the parks. And then it goes to next level imagineering or whatever it is who's gonna design these things and it right. must stop there now. Like it doesn't trickle down to employees that hey, coming this to because that's where it ends up getting out to bloggers and vloggers and because everybody's got a friend or knows somebody who works in the park or works behind the scenes who can get information if they really really wanted to. So maybe they've really put a lid on that stuff and be like, hey, you know what? Enough is enough. Well, if you're looking at a fall opening, you're also looking at staffing. Right. So you're going to have to have managers trained. And yeah. these staff position openings with a, a publicly traded corporation like Disney, these staff openings are going to be announced. Yes, absolutely. So when they start hiring, know, I think yeah. With you know looking at a six month time frame, they're going to be hiring and or transferring cast members from one area to another. So right. see the other thing I coming. never realized is I didn't know California Adventure had a lounge. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't either. The 1901 Lounge in Disney's California Adventure. Oh, I've heard of that. I just didn't realize. Yeah, I, I have no idea where it is. <laughs> yeah. It's in um, Carthy Circle. Oh, I wondered if that's what it was. That makes yeah. sense. I've heard of it, but I never realized where it was. or th- I, I didn't realize it was in California Adventure. Maybe I thought it was another part of Club 33. Maybe I thought... I, I don't know what I, what I thought it was, but I definitely, I've heard the name before fancy. I'm going to start my own exclusive lounge right on the little stage across from Pirates of the Caribbean where they do the little <laughs> Jack Sparrow show. The Sparrow show. Yep. I'm going to hide real rum in those barrels and every day during the 3 o'clock parade that's when we'll meet. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We'll have a quick meeting before the cast members come and throw us out. And then we'll quietly disperse. We can grab our uh, Dole Whip floats and run over there and get That's the problem. That's right. And I'll pour shots on it for everybody. And then we'll run to the nice. then we'll run to the treehouse <laughs> because nobody will chase us there. <laughs> Maybe they're going to put the bar in the treehouse because like nobody goes up there. I'll hurt put my the I'll bar. Hurt, I'll and hurt. then you can oh, like there we go. use the rooms. Yeah, I mean, because nobody sits in the rooms. Nobody uses the tables. Then they can... Although we'd have to be very small, I'm sure they're not quite the human scale. No, they're they're not the human scale, and we'd have to change the music because <laughs> listening to the Swiss Capolka over and over again would drive, <gasps> would make you jump off of the tree. <laughs> oh, come on now! Yeah, once or twice I is th- fine, but I think they should put it on Tom Sawyer Island. That would be awesome in the fort. Uh huh. Some I never go over there anymore, or maybe I haven't been over there in years myself. Maybe. The... 
have a nice lounge on the Liberty Cruise. Maybe they're converting the Dream Suite. I'd, I've heard that too. I've heard that too, but I, I think that space is pretty small. But then again, I, if they're just going for lounge and not full scale, there is a kitchen then... up there. I mean, with the castle, with yes, the kitchen. Yeah. There is a kitchen. There's elevator service. So who knows? Who knows? I love some of the comments on the articles that got posted. It's just hilarious. No, Listen to these imagine. people. Yeah. People are imagine. vicious. Yeah, people are mean. Yeah, this type of thing. People just, are mean online. Who knew? I know. Here's one of them. This type of thing is just so far beyond the reach of the average Walt Disney World fan. It's just disgusting. Well, more duh. evidence that Walt Disney World is catering more and more to the one percent and casting aside us normal people who love Disney and what it used to stand for. Because Walt Disney was all about giving away things for that's free. That's right. <laughs> Not. He was such a capitalist. He was such. That's right. Yeah. He wasn't worried about making money. He was happy. Everybody can take their daughter on a carousel. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 10 you know to 30K fee to go into a lounge. They better feed me and rub my sore Disney feet. <laughs> Nobody's forcing you to go. <laughs> or your sore Disney feet. Sore Ew. Disney. That's right. Wear, don't wear flip-flops and they won't be sore. Goodness gracious. Yeah, some of the comments are pretty vicious about the money grabbing, but these are the same people who go to Walt Disney World three, four times a year. Or it's the people who only go once every three years because of whatever your financial situation is. I mean, because it's the same, the same people are getting pissy about all the DVC expansion, that every hotel's having it, and that that's taking over everything, and you can never get a room because of DVC. And I can't stand that either. I mean,. I mean, just yeah. build some new DVC resorts. Quit hijacking all the good resorts. Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't like people complaining. That's another about podcast. It. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe because maybe because I'm a member, I don't see it that way. We but could, you know, it's I don't know. Even we as, should do a, we should do that and talk about DVC because that's a whole other subject. That is, but I, just, I just think that adding. You know, Club 33's over here is something that I honestly thought they should probably probably have done 10, 15 years ago. Yep. I mean, it, it just seems like a natural thing to do. It worked over there. It brings in the clientele that they are specifically targeting. And hey, if that adds money to the bottom line of the it park's makes operation. Money and keeps Disney stock up. I'm good with Disney it. Disney stock up keeps. You know, I, I don't know that it will keep prices down. I think park attendance more than anything is going to drive park prices. Right. But hey, if it's keeping my Disney stock happy, then yeah, I'm all for that. I don't know. I think until they end up dumping ESPN is when the hemorrhaging will stop. But, <laughs> oh, there's another. To... There's another whole there's... other show. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> goodness, poor ESPN. Or, hey, they could, they've got a whole ESPN club. They could put a nice little lounge right there. They could, And I tell you what, because I stayed at Boardwalk this past trip, and there's always a line to get in that place. People love their sports. They love drinking beer and having wings. They could put a Buffalo Wild Wings there, and there would be a line. It doesn't <laughs> well, have to be ESPN. That's pretty much what that place is anyway. <laughs> really, it is. And, you know, they could call it anything else, but. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I like a good sports bar. Heck, they could have a Club 33 with the sports theme. I emphasis still on like the, that. Emphasis on the good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that it, it's a no-brainer for Disney to put 
these clubs over in the Walt Disney World area. Absolutely. It's not going to it's not going to change it's not gonna anything detract from anything from any of us. It's none of us are going to we're going to know where they are because that's who we are and we're going to be like right. all right, hey, that that's... And the people who don't know where the club 33 door is won't know where the door to these are and right. they're going to go about their park whatever. day just fine. Right. Exactly. You know, I don't live in Golden Oaks, but no. because I live in my own subdivision, do I totally dislike the people who do live over there? No. No. I, I wouldn't even know how to get there. I'd have to pull up Google Maps to figure that out. <laughs> so yep. it doesn't affect my day-to-day Disney life. But yeah, it, it's fun speculating because that's what we like to do until the sites are announced. And I, well, I'm more interested, even the sites are the themes. Yeah. Like you said, you know, how are these going to be thematically incorporated i think that's oh absolutely and how they managed to keep it a secret for so long you know what's going to be the best part of this whole thing this is what's going to be the best whole this is going to be the best the the collective disney community the the vloggers and bloggers that are always at these opening day things and get all the press passes and media passes i have a Mm -hmm. hard time believing that that's what they're going to do for the opening of these things since it's going to be an exclusive club i gotta imagine they won't people who are going to buy into this are going to buy into it beforehand and they'll be notified when the opening day is and it probably will be done unceremoniously and there'll be nothing to talk about on twitter (laughs) and these people are gonna like implode because they're missing out on something that unless one of them is happens to become a member or something but i can just see it now that it's just going to be a uh for lack of a better word, it's going to be a shit show for these people because it's they're not going to know what to do with themselves because there's going to be nothing to report. <laughs> no pictures, no videos. Yeah, they're videos. going to have to have an end, right? Oh, man, it's going to be hysterical. I'm going to sit back and watch that mess. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. The other thing is the timing. I mean, fall. It said late fall. Man, that's that's tricky, right, before holiday mm-hmm. time? I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. There'll be food and wine. There'll be holiday stuff. I think it, it's a good diversion tactic. True. That's true too. With so much else going on in the parks from you yeah. know. Because food and wine it, is you know I think starts tomorrow and ends the day before Christmas. So. <laughs> <laughs> what is up with that August thirty first? But I mean, with that, with Pandora Land, with everything else coming online. Yeah. I think there, there's just so much going on that nobody's even going to notice these little clubs opening. No. Once the buzz and that's probably dies down, by design. Oh, I'm sure it is, because the announcement came out. So now the buzz is going to be crazy for a week or so. And then when nothing else comes out about it, no new news for months, it'll die off. Every once in a while yep. it may surface, a mem may come up, or somebody will pass a comment, but it's not going to be lunacy. No. Wait till one blogger gets into it and nobody else does, and they post their feed about it. And... Yeah, and, get, and then get in trouble. And they get all the hate. Yeah. <laughs> you know what will take away from it will be... Like you said, Mel, Pandora, which will be probably mostly positive, but then when mm-hmm. over in, in Jessica's land over there, when uh. when Guardians of the Galaxy finally opens up, that'll all the hate will turn back over to that. May twenty seventh, <laughs> count yep. down the days till same, the shitstorm. <laughs> same day as Pandora. <laughs> oh goodness that's gracious! Amazing. So that that's where it all turns. So we got about another month. Of this. Slap a marble then... overlay on all of it. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I say put the Epcot Club over in the new Universe of Energy. Isn't that getting a marble overlay? <laughs> Who knows? Well, and, there, and there's discussions that they're going to make a whole bunch of announcements about 
Epcot. stuff that they're gonna you know, stuff the stuff that they're gonna do for the fiftieth anniversary. <gasps> Yay! Yay! I'm so excited about that. It better be something really good and really cool. Yeah, I tell I you. So. Speaking of eyesores, since we were talking about the Guardians Tower, since we drove down, so coming up down I four, and obviously mm-hmm. you pass Universal's property first. That right. that volcano bay and water park that they're building, Jesus! Right next to the interstate. What a freaking monstrosity! I think that slide comes out over I four. <laughs> what a goddamn eyesore! I'm sure it may be nice take on the inside. One hurricane. Well, one and hurricane. It, man, and is that ugly looking? The whole thing is started, just ugly. We started seeing Universal Orlando commercials here in Indianapolis for the first time on regular TV this week. And they're billing that as a third theme park. They are. Yeah. Well, I mean, this water slide is insane. The, the, the ones that you can see, it is enormous. And well, I know, but it isn't any different than Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach, for crying out loud. Water parks do nothing for me. I feel no need to go to them, to spend the money to go to them, to wait in line all day in the middle of a summer to do, like, three things. Yeah. Yeah, my kids don't like them either. I mean, you know, my kids are still a little small. We've gone once with them, and they liked it, but they've not been screaming to go back to them. I, I don't remember going a ton of times as a kid because my parents just weren't they weren't water. I took my people. kids to Typhoon Lagoon once, and they said after what they saw, they could care less where they went back. They'd rather spend the days in the park. Yeah, and the pool at the resort. And the pool at the resort. Yeah, that's you know, mm-hmm. which is fine with me too. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of people that love that stuff, and that's fine to each their own. But that, I mean, that thing is just a goddamn eyesore monstrosity right off the highway. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen the finished product. I saw mm. it last September while they were building it, but yeah, I haven't seen it old. since December. You can't miss it, was... it. You can't. Oh, miss I know it now. you can't miss it. You could look straight into the volcano yes. while they were constructing it in December. You can... At first, I didn't even know what it was. Look at the heck. You can still kind of see into the volcano from the highway. Maybe if it's not all the way skinned, maybe something goes through. I really have no idea. I don't know the premise behind the whole thing. And then you have the yeah. hotel there, the Cabana Bay Hotel, that's pretty much right off the highway, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I know nothing of the new Universal. I haven't been there in 18 years. so but, I haven't either. But, man, what? It's just ridiculous. How I mean, it's funny because you drive down the that stretch of I-4, you pass the Universal exits in the 70s, you see that monstrosity, then you got the Holy Land atrocity after that, and then you got, and then it's, you know, then it's the five exits for Disney World that take Wait you. a minute, the Holy Land? How did I visit, how did I miss that? You haven't seen the You've never Holy seen Land Holy Land? Oh my god. No. It's like, oh my goodness. It's like south of the border for religious people. It is. If you ever see the Bill Maher movie Religious, he features okay. it. Does he really? He does a feature. He really does. That's funny. Oh, I'll have mm-hmm. to go watch. And it's like it's the Holy Land experience. I can't quite think of the name of it. Is that right? Yeah, it's called the Holy Land right. experience. Yeah. yeah it's right off the interstate. Because, Milford, if you're coming from where you are, you're probably not coming in off of 95, coming from the Midwest. So if you're catching I-4 from 75 or coming through Tampa, then you don't see it. Cause Is you- it? Past Universal? It's right after... Universal's like exit 74 or 75, and then it's the Holy Land Experience, and then the Disney exits start at 60. So I have to have seen it, because it's I, been drive there forever. To go to, I drive that to go to Universal when I go to Halloween Horror Nights. It's been there forever. It's big, 
you know, white buildings with gold leaf <laughs> turrets on the things. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's just as much an eyesore as... Jerusalem and Rome kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never, I've never been in the actual thing, but looking at it from the outside, it's just, it's just funny, to say the least. What the hell the inside is, I really have no idea. But so, if you're coming from the north, it's before Orlando. I mean, before Universal Orlando. Oh, it's before Universal. Okay. It's before Universal. Oh, that's why I haven't seen it. Okay, it's before. I knew. I, I knew they were. All, mm-hmm. I had the order reversed. Then I thought it was after. I thought it was in between Universal and Disney. Sorry. Okay, so that's why you haven't seen it then. Well, next time you're down there, it's worth driving in a couple exits up the highway just to see it. Sure, yeah, why not? Or you just watch the movie. Um. <laughs> yeah, you do that too. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> I think he's looking at it now. <laughs> From Club 33 to the Holy Land. Go- Here we go. I don't know. All in one podcast. Their, their site's down. Google Im- yeah, just Google image that mess. Google Earth How it. is their site down the day after Easter? Overload. I don't know. <laughs> uh, what exit is that? I'm like trying to look and see what exit that is. It doesn't say on well, the I know, map I'm looking at. I, don't, I know Universal is this like the mid-70s, so it must be the before that. The site cannot be reached. Really? You've got to make a donation first. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Little basket comes out of the computer screen. Running the gambit now. <laughs> and while we're running the gambit, did you see the... Oh, I've got the HolyLandExperience.com up. It, it popped up for me. But while we're talking about, you know, a potpourri of shows, this is what this is turning into, <laughs> that the that Universal actually announced all of their new Christmas stuff in the past week. Oh, did they really? The Harry yeah. Potter oh, Christmas yes. experience. Oh, okay. Everyone was freaking out because they're going to put decorations on the on Hogwarts, and everyone was thinking, Disney's been doing that for 60 years. Why is this such a big deal? Yeah, really. Because it's Christmas at Hogwarts. But it has yes. snow on it all the time, doesn't it? Yeah. But but Christmas. It's Christmas. <laughs> I mean, I love so, Harry Potter, so I'm not poo-pooing it. I just think okay, it's weird so, to be so excited. If they put icicle lights on the side of the castle, then I'll start worrying. <laughs> yes. Then it's a copy. I tell you, I finally, speaking of Harry Potter world, I finally saw a video of that. I, I don't even know what it's on top of, but the dragon... That's there, breathing fire. Oh, it's on Gringotts. Oh, the- ah. Yeah, somebody I know on Twitter had, was there, and they did, you know, did a little twenty-second video of the thing roaring and breathing fire. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Dragons make everything cool. So I got to see that when I was there in October. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going back there in June. I'm excited. Nice. <laughs> oh, the park we don't speak of often. <laughs> we don't. I haven't been there in about. Yeah, I can't. It's been I mean, about fourteen years for me. It, I've been. It, I went three years ago, maybe. So I haven't been since they redid Hulk, which I'm really excited about because Hulk is one of my favorite roller coasters. But I've seen Diagon Alley, and I've seen like I've seen both of the Harry Potter parks, and right. I only go last... for Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> ah. Last time I went, I was expecting our youngest daughter. So, oh, <laughs> I told you huh? how you didn't get to ride anything. I didn't get to ride anything, and Harry Potter didn't exist then. No. Harry Potter didn't right? exist. Islands of Adventure wasn't even in full because that the last time I went was when they were yeah. soft opening Islands of Adventure. That was the last time I was. There. It was oh, there. No, no, that was like we had 98, Islands of Adventure, 99. but 
Mm-hmm. I went. We went in 2010, the first time that right the summer that the first Harry Potter section opened, and I was pregnant with my first, so I didn't get to do anything either. But yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I drank a butter beer. There you so. go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I yeah. I went on all the old original ones, so I I couldn't remember anything about any of them, but I I did all the original rides that aren't there anymore. <laughs> I think Christmas at Hogwarts might get me to go, but then again, it's going to be crowded. Yeah. yeah. Especially being the first year they're doing it. I know. Who yeah, knows? we're doing a Christmas <laughs> Orlando <laughs> trip this year, but I'm, I don't think we're going to that. I want to, but I think it would be insane. <laughs> Too busy. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, let them, let them work the kinks out the first year. Exactly. Well, I thought... I don't, I, I said that about all of the Harry Potter stuff, and then by the time they'd worked out all of the kinks at Universal, they decided to add on the Islands of Invention. I'm like, well, why, why am I going to go until that's built? So <laughs> I keep putting it off, and now they're adding Christmas. So I'm like, if I wait two more years, what more are they going to add? That's awesome. So I just keep waiting, and I never go see it. You might so. as well just wait until you can bring your grandkids at this point, then. <laughs> Hush your mouth. <laughs> You and I are going to have a throwdown fight one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> Grandmother. Uh, I keep waiting and waiting 50. and waiting. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I do. I need to just go to Universal. But every time I'm that close, I'm like, but why? Well, that's my... Disney's right there. Disney's right there. My oldest asked about Universal... I don't know if it was when we were leaving or on the way down, whichever one it was about it. And he was like, oh, I want to go. I was like, yeah, well, we can go one day and check it out. Just, you know, your mother will take you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we say about other cruise lines. Yeah. Yes. We'll go on one of those other ones one day. Sure, that was one of those one day. Yeah, I we'll, keep saying that. And we'll too. be able to go twice as long as we'll be able to afford it. <laughs> we'll be able to do it back to back. Yeah. I know, right? I'll just take my double dip at Castaway Key. But yeah, so <laughs> we have managed to cover everything from Club 33 all the way to the Holy Land. <laughs> all in one show, you guys. I think that's a record world record tangent for us <laughs> what can I say except I don't know if we welcome. should be proud of that or not <laughs> you're oh, that's welcome. quite a tangent even by our standards you that's guys. right hey. oh don't give us a challenge variety is the spice of life <laughs> oh for sure well if, if the description alone of this podcast should get some extra hits <laughs> We can talk Holy Land, Universal, Harry Potter, Club 33. I'm going to name it. And Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean Throw the dart. 50th. Throw a dart. That's what I'm going to name it. Throw a dart. Where does it land? <laughs> <laughs> like the Jeopardy potpourri title. Exactly. Round and round she Hot. goes. Where she'll stop, nobody knows. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. That's it. Maybe I should just name it that. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Things you never thought we'd talk about in one oh, hour. Oh, man, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, so on that note, <laughs> I think we'll wrap it up then. I think that's a good idea. I think so, too. <laughs> all right, so thank you all for listening. That is going to end the Whirlwind Milford Hutzel the third trip. 
from on these on the West Coast. When you're finished with these three episodes or A, B, and C episodes or part one, two, three, not sure how we're going to release it yet, but this is will be the final installment of those. And then you can get to hear me ramble on about my trip. <laughs> we'll give you a break before we do that, though. So thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. If you're looking for us, you can find us over on the DizExplorers.com. And off of that site, you can find our links to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And if you would like to listen to us, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and also on YouTube. And I believe coming soon through Podbean. Milford's got some other stuff in the works to just help us get out there more and streamline our back episodes and and our new stuff to make it easily accessible and accessible to all Apple, Android, and whatever you got so thank you, thank you, thank you for listening and we will talk to everybody next week of all creation right at the start of everything that's new one little spark lights up for you imagination imagination a dream can be a dream come true with just that spark from me and you one little spark of inspiration is at the heart of all creation right at the start of everything that's new one little spark lights up for you imagination imagination a dream can be a dream come true with just